Tupperware is celebrating over 75 years of service to millions around the world. Independent Tupperware consultants have supplemented income while others have made it a full-time business. Christy King is making her way to the top while hosting parties, having fun with friends and family, and opening opportunities to others, making new friends through the use of technology. Reach out to her. She is your go-to girl when it comes to Tupperware for all seasons, birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, new additions to the family, and a whole lot more. and welcome to another episode of 360 Wisdom Speaks. Our guest calling in from Fort Ritchie, Florida, nice and sunshiny. Oh my gosh, I'm envious. Her name is Lil, and she is going to share a little bit about her story and what makes her this beautiful sunshine ray of wisdom. But first, Nicole is going to give her a little bio as we welcome Lil to the show. Lil has been a self-starting entrepreneur for her entire 30-plus year career. She has a diverse background, having owned and operated successful restaurants and catering companies, as well as being a highly trained performer. Lil ran one of the most successful trade shows in Central Florida for many years and has 20-plus years of experience in event planning, conference creation and logistics welcome lil thank you hi <laughs> so lil that's quite the bio 30 years you know what was that moment that you decided that this was going to be your career and this was your passion what was that moment and how has it progressed through your life making all kinds of changes and different things because it never stays the same from the beginning so share a little bit with the audience that moment you got into it and how it has progressed over those 30 years. Well, um, actually, we left out one very key thing is that I'm a writer. And I, I think as a young kid, I, uh, I think I made that, that decision. I didn't want to be, I got, was involved in the arts and in all that and decided I, I didn't want to live the life everybody else lived. My parents, in, in fact, encouraged that. So I think probably at 13, when I first time I saw something really impressive in the theater, uh, made me maybe want to be involved in the arts and involved in creation and being creative. So probably about 13 years old, I would say. All right. And how does that change your life? You know, I mean, as a writer and a creator, you know, the arts are something really beautiful. It's a sad thing because they've started removing so much of that from school. And it's like, wow, you know, that is a critical part of children's growing up life to have that creativity, right? So when you're doing your work and in your creative mode and working with people, how does that change their life? How do you bring that creative spirit, I guess, back to them as you become that expression of yourself? I think, um, you know, I've, I've played music, I've, I've, I've acted, I've directed plays, I have written plays. One of the most impactful things I did is I wrote a play that a couple of different times people were so moved by them 
the play itself by the way it ended, that they came up to me at the end of the play and said, I lived the wrong life. <laughs> I should have done this completely <laughs> differently. Uh, I had one 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 experience of the play I wrote where a woman actually spoke to my actors on the stage. She was so moved that in the middle of their scene, she spoke to them and she was in the first row and she, she was telling them what to do. It was impressive, like to see them. She was so moved by what was happening in front of her that she was trying to tell the actor what he what his what the result of what he should do was and uh, what he should, how he should behave and and the actress were taken aback they were they 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 kept going but they reacted I I've, you know my writing and my my music and 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 all of the things I've done I've cooked you know I, I've, everything is I think everything is about how you impact other people I always tell people if you're going to write a book don't start with what's it's going to do for somebody else even if it's your memoir or your story like. How is that going to change someone else's life? If it's not going to, don't write it. Don't bother. You know, whether it's going to teach them something or you're going to you know, impart something that might make them be able to get through their day or share a story that says, wow, I'm not the only person in this situation. You have to, I think that's, if you start with anything you do from the point of view of how is this going to change other people's lives, then you're going to win the day. And that's really been my approach, I think, my whole life. I mean, you know, I've been moved by the things I see, dance and theater and music. I, I, Jesus Christ, superstar of all the musicals in the world. I don't even like that musical anymore. Impressed me so much as a kid that I, I you know, watching the way that the, the, the stage moved and the people moved. And I just thought, well, I got to do that. I got to do something that impresses people and makes them, you know, feel so. I think I've done that most of my life. Oh, thankfully, I hope I have anyway. People tell me I have. Well, that's great, Danielle, to be able to find your passion at such an early age, you know, and actually go out there and do it. So many people don't live their life. They dream it and they talk about it, but they don't actually bring it into fruition. You know, so sharing with the audience, you know, because it sounds like it was such a natural for you, like there was no other option to just do what it is that was passionate for you. And obviously, you know, it makes that impact because we are, you know, impacted by what we see, what we hear, what we read, you know, so it's critical, the shows that children are watching and, you know, and the games that they're playing these days, how have you found the shifting from where you started, you know, in how plays and TV shows and things have shifted, you know, what were children, that now are going into adults in the era of what, you know, of how things were performed to how things are happening now. What have you saw the shift in the emotional status or even in the physical status and the outcome of what's taking place in today's world? Well, I can, I can speak a lot about theater um, in terms of that and writing in theater. I just actually got a chance to go to the movie, um, Dear Evan Hansen, which I had not been able to see on Broadway because I'm traveling. I'm always around. You know, I'm in Florida. We don't have a lot of theater. But um, that, if you go take a teenager to see that, it, I think it might be very impactful. The musicals have become more somber in a way, but at the same time, they're more pointed. That that really addresses anxiety with teenagers and what we think as kids, you know, the, the, the high school jock and the cheerleader, they're having this great life and everything's great and they're fine and this poor nerdy guy is not. When we're all having those problems, we're all experiencing that, which I, I think is great that theater has taken on some real actual issues about, you know, uh, we have a lot of problems in this country, a lot with mental illness, a tremendous amount. And we it starts with our kids. And, you know, yeah, it's great to watch to watch all kinds of, but look at the, even look at our anime. I'm a big fan of animation. And you look at the difference between Cinderella, which is a pretty story, 
and finding Nemo. And if none of you can, if you don't think about, I think if Ellen DeGeneres never does another thing in her life, she can hang it up on keep on swimming. Keep on swimming. Keep on swimming. What a lesson for kids that life's going to suck sometimes. <laughs> you just got to keep on swimming. And you got to find the family that fits you, even if it's not the one you started with. And the lessons that Pixar gives our children. You're a fool if you don't take your children to see those movies. Because they, they beat the heck out of Snow White and Cinderella, which were beautiful films. But they're not what these are. These, are, these take a kid and tell them, you're going to be okay. Life's going to be okay. Life's going to suck a little bit. You know, Coco about the, the dead and having to, you know, find the, find your family and, you know, and, and, and on the other side. And there is another side. And, you know, they're just amazing what, what they're doing today in terms of film and theater and, uh, and all that. The gaming, I'm not a gamer. So I couldn't help you there. But I'm a little scared of some of those games, to be honest. Oh, with my you. goodness. But, yeah, exactly. You know, play them. Some of them are a little, little brutal. Yeah, I don't know. But I think there's a lot to be learned in in a lot of film today and, and a lot is of positivity that is being given by the right companies. Disney's doing a good job with that, with working with Pixar and, um, and, and theater. Theater's changed a great deal. So, okay, my- so when you're talking about these films and, and um, when a parent goes with their child, they're taking their child to these films, how do you talk with the child and with the parents if you're using both you know, situations is to once that movie is over, what would you suggest it would be to talk with them about that and give them, you know, point out what some of those major lessons are and kind of put it into a perspective? So just taking, let's just say Nemo, you know, if you broke that apart, what would be the message that you would send out through that, having a discussion with a very young child, you know, say from four and five, all the way up to 10, 12, you know, even as an adult, what would be those strong messages out of a movie like that? Because not everyone sees that. They, they just kind of see the surface. So digging into the depth of what that message is, could you share a little bit about that with the audience? Yeah, that's one of my favorites of theirs. And I think for, especially for families, um, I think first off, you have to understand that I'm not sure our adults in this country understand the film of those kinds of films themselves. I think it would be really good to get a group of parents that want to help their children. We have a client who's actually doing that. She's putting together groups um, of parents because she's a 24-year teacher and background, and she really believes in helping parents to be able to you know, navigate that, how to talk to their children. But it would be great if parents got together and said, what did you learn from that? What did you learn from that? Well, look at all the lessons. For one thing, he loses his family and he's got just him and this, this kid and he's not gonna lose him no matter what happens. And he was he was scared. He was, you know, the father was frightened. And what he went through to get to his son would I think say to a child, I would do that for you. You know, if you really love your children, I love you so much that no matter what happens, I'm getting to you. I'm gonna find you if it kills me. I'm going to go through the worst possible things. I'm going to break through my own fear to do the things I need to do to, to make sure that you're okay, to make sure that our family's okay. And and his frustration with Dory, because Dory's is sim- simple. She seems simple. She's not simple. She's the key to the whole thing because her bad memory, as much as it was, remembered the most important thing. They remember the, the address in Sydney. So how to get, how to get there. And they find him. And then, you know, she just, she says, Keep on swimming, kid. We got this. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to do it till they get it done. And then at the end, they're a family. They make a family out of people who aren't necessarily a family. They become a family. And that's very important for kids to know that in this day and age, 
the likelihood that mom and dad are going to be the only family you have, probably not so much. We need to have extended family. Mom and dad are probably going to get divorced. I hate to say it because honestly, we have a 60 to 70% divorce rate and, and they're going to fight sometimes. And, you know, there's mom, mom's going to have your aunt come or your grandmother might raise you for a while. My grandmother raised me for a long while. You know, we have those things and that it's going to be all right because you have friends and family and you can make a family of your own. When you move away from home, you can find friends and family. So all those things happen. And at the very end, the father releases some of his fear and lets his kid grow up and lets him go off a little bit and has a little bit of faith that he's going to be okay, that you can't hang on to a kid so bad that they can't do anything. I think that's a lesson for the parents. Then as much as you know, we have a lot of helicopter parents, you got to put the helicopter down and let them go be themselves for a while, not, not pressure them to do the things you want them to do the way you want them to do it, but rather that you'd like to allow them to become who they're supposed to become. And yeah, it's scary. It's scary to let your children go off to the dance or go to Halloween is coming to, you know, when I was a kid, when you guys were kids, right? We, we walked, wandered around with sacks and went and knocked on doors. You hardly do that anymore because the world's got, we gotten so scary that, you know, we have to have trunk festivals. Like my, my town of Marshall that I write for, they have a, a big thing on the main drag where the kids can go and there's people doing treats out of their trunks and everything's blocked off and everybody's police. I mean, all this to have trick or treat. Are we kidding? We ran amok from the time we were six to the time we were 16. <laughs> At 16, it was a little rough asking for candy, but we still wanted the candy. So, you know, <laughs> hey, you know, whatever. You know, we went, I think we went trick or treating into like sophomore year of high school, but Nobody said we couldn't go. It was dark and it was scary. It was fun. And you know, who had flower sacks and who was throwing eggs at you? Those days are gone, man. I don't think people are doing that anymore. I, I would doubt they're doing that even, the, even in pretty little small towns across America. So, you know, we have to, though, let your children do something and, and be not afraid that, that they're going to, you know, and it's scary. It's scary to, to see all the bad things that happen. The news and public, you know, social media has brought all these things to us in a way that I think parents are so scared that they go one way or the other. Either they don't bother with the kids at all, they don't, or they don't, they don't let them go for a second. So Nemo kind of showed you the difference. You know, you can't do this, and you have to do this, but you don't have to do this. <laughs> you know, like exactly. So, yeah, it's a balance. Like to, parenting is a tremendously difficult balance, and you know, I think it showed a lot of what the balance of that is. You know? So there's so many lessons in those films. They're not they're not half thought out. They are very well thought out. Uh, scripting wise and, and, and theme wise and extremely well thought out. You know, I think that's great that uh, you've got someone that's going to start opening up and really share that to see past what just is on the surface. And it is critical <laughs> to be able to see what that backstory is and learn the lessons. And that's what life experiences are. And we know that a child is not born with fear. It's something that's taught, you know, and so the Chinese and, you know, the Asian culture actually has a, a uh, saying that, you know, don't worry, don't, don't go with fear. It's about caution. Right. So if we can teach caution and explain why and give them the opportunity to say, here's the extreme on both ends you can right. meet in the middle and i think that's part of what that that movie also shows and yeah. you know again you you made a, a very good point when you mentioned that um family doesn't necessarily mean mom and dad doesn't merit necessarily mean the bloodline that you were born into it's those that are there to support you it's right. those that are there to be friends, those that are help you in that guidance, in that pick me up, in that direction. And that is something no matter what age we are at, 
is really critical in life to know that there is someone there and it doesn't necessarily family doesn't mean blood family means your communication and your connection right so that was a beautiful share on that uh we're going to take a short break here and then when we come back nicole's going to talk a little bit about what your backstory is you know from that age 13 and be you know even before that as to what led up to you becoming this beautiful, artistic, creative woman sharing so many wonderful things. So we'll be right back. Tupperware is celebrating over 75 years of service to millions around the world. Independent Tupperware consultants have supplemented income while others have made it a full-time business. Christy King is making her way to the top while hosting parties, having fun with friends and family, and opening opportunities to others, making new friends through the use of technology. Reach out to her. She is your go-to girl when it comes to Tupperware for all seasons, birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, new additions to the family, and a whole lot more. Hello, everyone, again, and welcome back to the 360 Wisdom Speaks. Our guest is Lil. She has been sharing some really beautiful stories and insights on what the creativity and the beauty of stories are, movies, and her creativeness. And Nicole is going to uh, take over from this point, and she's got some beautiful questions. We're going to know a little bit of the backstory that makes Lil tick. Well, thanks, Beverly. Lil, you know, it's it's so interesting listening to you and your stories and your ability uh, to kind of articulate and share and go with the flow. And I, I love, you know, any animation. I'm a huge Dark Crystal fan, kind of Frank Oz and the Muppet Show back in the day. And the story behind those stories in and of themselves, the creativity, the wisdom that went just in the costumes, the animation, uh, and especially... You know, my favorite it from Pixar, I think it was Monsters, Inc. was a Pixar one as well. And uh, that had come out when my brother had been bedridden after an accident. And we would get him to move his feet with that. Uh, and the, the, the creation of really sharing the story of what is kind of in that, that closet, hiding behind that door. Uh, could you share with the audience maybe a moment in your life uh, that that kind of changed, whether it was an enlightening moment or a soul-searching moment, what, what came kind of out of the closet as you uh, became older and you started changing? Um, because you know, I'm sure there's so many stories that you st share being a writer and being so creative, being that Renaissance woman that you are, uh, sharing so much. Can you share with the audience a moment of change for you? Well, I, I'll give you a really try to give you a quick backstory on things. My, when I was six years old, my uncle jumped off the Empire State Building. Uh, my father was that was his only brother, his kid brother, and he was a very despondent guy for a long time. When I was in high school, I started writing, and my dad got a, an opportunity to write a textbook. It became very, very popular, and I showed my dad some of my writing, and he said, "Don't quit your day job, you know, find something else to do. It's not good enough." Heart, broke my heart. I was like, "Okay, my dad's a writer. He's a very different kind of writer." But I believed I couldn't write. And I went a long time believing I couldn't write because of that, because I admired my dad and I thought he was right. And maybe I'm not good enough at this. So I did other things. And I um, mean, like that I was a musician, I believe it or not, I liked that better. But you know, I did all these other things. And then finally I was with somebody and I got, I got married and we got divorced. 
And I was pretty heartbroken. I said, screw it. I'm going to start writing plays because I was directing plays. I'd never written one. I started writing plays and I finished this play and it went up. Uh, we thought no one was going to come. We had a full house on the first show. And like I, I think I told you earlier, people were talking to the actors and the response to this play was so tremendous that I said, OK, I'm, I can write. Maybe I should start with plays. And I wrote like five more and they all went up places and we got in festivals and got awards and it was all really good. And little by little, I realized I could write. And now, of course, I write books. I write novels. Behind you are a bunch of books I, I had a lot to do with. Um, I own a publishing company now as well as a branding company. Uh, we, we're long bar creatives because we do a lot of things. But my division is Ghostwriters Network. And I do a lot of writing. And people come to me want to write their stories and their memoirs. And because I was able to kind of tell my own story through plays and really with plays, the dialogue is really, really every character is kind of you in a play, you know? Uh, I wrote one play and a, my, my assistant director said to me, I said, you know, what character do you think I am in this one? And she told me the one I was and I was shocked. I was like, wait a minute, she's right. That's who I am, you know? You don't even realize sometimes that you're writing about yourself when you're writing things like that. So I think my father, you know, that pivoting point of telling me I wasn't good enough. And then the pivoting point of, of an audience telling me I was, it really made the difference. And 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 you just have to go on. And, and you know, later I met a gentleman who had a publishing company and I asked him if I could work for him writing. And he said, yeah. And we parted ways because his, his ethics and mine are a little different. But um, I started my own company and you know, now we're doing a lot of writing and a lot of creating and a lot of branding and marketing and fun stuff and teaching people how to start their business and grow their business. And uh, I always say we build the businesses from the book out. <laughs> so we help people do all the things they want to do. And a lot of it just came from that 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 one moment of, of that woman sitting there in the front audience talking to my actors and the full house and uh just people laughing at the right places and the jokes and 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 crying in the right moments i uh, made people cry in place which is some pivotal moments we, in fact i had a woman who wasn't a very fond of me uh as a she was another director she came to see a play i was in a festival and she walked up to me at the end of the play with tears in her eyes and she put her arms around me and kissed my cheek and she said you are something else <laughs> And man, that was a pivotal moment. I thought this woman hated my guts. She was one of the judges at the time of that play. And she said, Ben, you are something else. And that was a pivotal moment to have somebody that I, I thought was, you know, not too fond of me tell me how great I was. So, yeah, there's been a lot. I'm very fortunate. There's a lot of pivotal moments in my life that have shot me in different directions and let me to do. I'm, I'm living in an RV and traveling the country this year. So that wouldn't be happening if it weren't for those that 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 that's amazing that you can take your creativity your passion and your purpose and put it into something that a part of you even as that character as a character in your play that you relate so much and you allow yourself to be in within that play and that emotion and in that creation and people feel that because you're 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 sharing you the truth of you, that character of you and that story and that connection, and that builds such a bigger community. And that's what 360 Wisdom Speaks is about, is sharing within that community, expanding that community and that consciousness to one another, where we can have connection, where we can share, whether it's happiness or sadness and really, you know, and kudos to you for that lady. You know, you, you didn't know that she was going to feel into that. But, but you poured yourself into that and you shared that story and it, it's beautiful and it's, it's, it's so hard for many of us uh, to connect 
through our speech and through our speaking and 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 being able to tell our story what it's not just ours which you pointed out before it's something that we can change the audience move the audience with and they need to have a connection um and and if you can just kind of ex expand on uh, maybe how you connect to people to get them to share their story how how do they they put it into words how do they open their throat chakra and their heart and get a little bit vulnerable with each other well, I'll tell you really quickly how that played. About the end of that play, that might lead to what you're asking. That play, the end of that play, the two gentlemen at the end, one is telling the other guy that he's lived, you know, basically not living the right life. He's married and he's unhappy and he's, you know, the president of the, of, of, of the chamber of commerce and all those other things, but it's not what he should be doing. And he says, get in the car. We're going to go. We're going to go see the world. And, you know, and he's like, I can't leave my life. Are you crazy? What's wrong with you? And the woman in the front audience, in the front seat, said, go. That's all she said. Go. <laughs> She said it with such passion that the actors stopped doing what they were doing. And now, ironically, 10 years later, I'm exactly doing that. I walked away from all of it, bought an RV and sold everything and said, hell with it, I'm going to go. So, you know, I, I was foretelling my own fortune, right? Um, I've worked with people who are writing unbelievably difficult stories. I had a, a client that was one of the first children of the Hare Krishna movement. And what her parents and that movement put her through. Wow. And the life she led and the difficulties and the horrible, horrible things that I will not share with you at the moment mm. that she lived through. And at the end of it, she's a broker in three states. She has a half a million dollar or more house and more probably a million dollar house in, in the D.C. area. She's married for the third time and final time. She's got the right person now, has hundreds of friends. I've been awesome. to her parties where you can't even find yourself around the people. <laughs> like, there's so many people you got to wade through them at the parties. Um, big property right on a lake. She got through it. She got through the wave. You know, I always say there's three kinds of waves. There's the one you ride that's terrific. There's the one that's not quite good enough, but it's not horrible. You see kind of pop over it. And then there's the big one. <laughs> and either you put your nose of your board down and go through it and make it to the other side or you drown. And she made it through the, through the other side of that wave. And boy, what a wave that one was. So, I mean, I, I talked to people, all kinds of stories of that nature. I, I, I could go on and on about the memoirs I've worked on. But the way to do it is, honestly, people say, how do I get this? And all my clients will say the same thing. I seem to know to ask the right questions. A lot of people don't know how to ask the question or they're afraid to ask a question that's difficult of a person. Um, and I'm, I'm not afraid to ask you the question that will get you to say the things you're afraid to say or no one's ever gotten you to say before. Uh, it's a gift, thankfully. Uh, but I, I know that I can ask certain things and I'm usually calm enough and they know I'm on their side enough that they can tell me what happened and they can tell me how they felt about what happened and how that will impact other people who have been through maybe not exactly what you've been through, but their wave is similar and their wave is easily as difficult or maybe even more difficult. So they can read your story and go, okay, you know, I can, I, that, that, no, Vilas did it, I can do it. You <laughs> know, she, she, and she did it. She's terrific. That, Unless that's other people like it. And that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that because, you know, it's it's a healing moment for us to tell our stories and for us to share and, and for this woman to be able to share her story and her journey, uh, it, it, you know, it, it is 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 so enlightening in a sense. And, and uh, you know, there's 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 so much to share with that and that healing and that journey and the ability to tell the story so people you can capture their attention and so that you, you can bring them in 
and, and, and feel and touch on their heart and their soul uh, without uh, kind of reliving in sense a tragedy, but being able to tell the truth. Um, and and that's it's it's a remarkable thing, and not many people have that ability uh, to be able to be open um, and to be able to um, catch them, you know, uh, catch somebody when they're kind of falling back into that mode of that story, um, because we can re refeel that kind of trauma. Um, and as a shadow worker, I always tell people, you know, getting in that depth. Uh, of that or pulling out the skeletons in your closet. It's not really meant for you to refeel that trauma, but for you to experience the data and the knowledge of the fragmentation of what is you um, and, and to repurpose uh, that fragmentation into a beautiful glass or an art piece uh, and, and to bring that forward to share the beauty of which is us and our story with one another. And I'm gonna bring this back to Beverly and I, I love how you travel in the RV. And I just recently decided to travel and kind of up and explore a little bit. And, and, you know, the more you explore life and the more you explore what's out there and take your free advantage of your freedom uh, and, and just seeing the sights and the creation and the ability to kind of relax too sometimes in a sense, right? Driving or seeing uh, and meeting new people is, is just so awesome. And I want to bring Beverly back in and I'm going to, I'm going to thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a ride, and it continues to ride, and that's the beautiful thing about it, you know. And life is like a game of Jeopardy. We all have the answers. We just need to get the right question, and to be able to have that ability to ask that right question is critical, you know. And so, can you share a little bit with the audience? How do you find that right question? I, I don't know if I believe in some of the things people talk about altogether, but people tell me I'm an empath. I, I don't know. Maybe. Um, I'm not sure if that's true. But I do know that um, I think it starts with, with the understanding the that the person you're talking to is far more important than you are in that moment. It's not about you. <laughs> it's about them. It's about the thing they've, they've, they've gone through. And um, it just comes to me. It's weird. Like, some odd question will pop into my head and I'll say, well, you know, what, how did this happen or why did that happen? And I think a lot of people are afraid to ask people questions about their personal life. I'm not, you know, I think there's nothing else, but your personal life and the, there's nothing else but people, all the rest of it's garbage. Doesn't matter if, if, if we have nuclear Holocaust, we're going to be down to the, just the people, you know, the buildings are going to go, all of it's going to go, you know, it, so we have to be able to think, well, what, what would help this person to get rid of it? I think maybe I missed my calling. I should be a psychologist or something. You know, this is with Velocity it was every every Friday, 10 o'clock in the morning. And there were days I left at two, sometimes earlier. Most days, though, I was there having dinner with her. And I, I just put the time in because her story was worth the time. And yeah, my time's valuable. I, I you know, I bill at a pretty high rate, I'm not going to lie. But in there's moments when it doesn't matter. You know, what's more important than than giving this person your time because you have lots of it, hopefully. And I think I do. And I've uh, been fortunate to have a lot of time. So um, I think it's just caring about the other person more than yourself. And when you do that, the right question comes. The, the, um, I met a woman, uh, I worked on a book with a woman whose kid sister was raped and murdered at 13 in a, on a bicycle ride. Uh, they found and found the body a month later. That's the, that's the story. The story is that they found her killer 30 years later 
through DNA. And she had to face this man 30 years later after all this heartbreak and how much it ruined her life and to sit there in a courtroom and look at this guy and know that they'd found him. And the story and how this happened was bizarre and, uh, and it was tough. It was a tough story to tell. And uh, we did some really interesting things with that book. So it, it really, it's just a matter of caring more about the other guy than you. And if you do that in life, if you give a, then you have to care about yourself. I'm not saying that you have to go be self-aware and, you know, I always say, save yourself and the world will follow. But, you know, you have to also care enough about the world that it will follow, <laughs> that you do want it to come behind you as you save yourself. And uh, I think that really, that's really all it is, is, is being concerned with others. So maybe that's the trick. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, those defining moments can sometimes take you down a rabbit hole that you, you know, it's hard to get out. So being able to expose that and get that creativity out and get that story out, because, you know, we add all kinds of, un, you know, irrelevant things, I guess, to some of these stories, because our database gets, you know, bigger and bigger throughout the years. And so the story begins to change, you know, and just gets worse because of, you know, the exposure sometimes that we, you know, hear other people talk about. And so it attaches to your emotions and your emotions start to get bigger and bigger. It's what is the defining difference? You know, that is my story and not pieces and parts of other people's emotional traumas. And, you know, so we see that a lot, but it's being able to recognize some of that and being able to bring a story out for someone you know, especially something where there's been a lot of water under the bridge, so to speak, to come back full circle and to face something that happened so long ago. That's the journey of coming up and out of it. And that forgiveness and that understanding as crazy as it sounds in the reality. You know, so what you're doing here, Lil, is so beautiful, uh, helping people to understand what the message is in every story. And being able to write like you do because people see themselves in other people's stories. And we, you know, here at 360 love to bring that wisdom piece out. Not so much the, the challenges of the journey, but the outcome of the journey and how it made them an even better person and the impact that has changed in other lives to help them move out of that, that abyss of unknowing that darkness to be able to live in in the light and live in that freedom so if you had to share with the audience you know three things you probably got thousands of them but three critical things of what they could walk away from your conversation here today and put into their life starting as soon as this um, episode ends what would that be oh boy um well, you know, be, I guess listen to yourself. You, you, if you feel like you're living the wrong life, change it. Have the courage to do it. Um, don't, don't worry about, you know, who cares or who's, you know, who's going to be mad. Do what you have to do. Um, be easier on yourself. Don't, don't be so critical of yourself. Things are always going to change. You're always going to make mistakes. Life's going to kick in the butt. <laughs> you know? And I guess the biggest thing is, Jory would say, keep on swimming. You know, just keep on swimming. It's going to be okay. Wow, that's that's beautiful, you know, and, and it is the key is to listen, really listen and pay attention to the heart and come from that degree. So, Lil, thank you so much for sharing with our audience today. It's an honor getting thank to you. know 
more about you and we will, who knows, our paths may cross down the road again when you're out there traveling and we'll get you back on the show again to see where that next adventure has gone. Thank you again so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Happy travels. Tupperware is celebrating over 75 years of service to millions around the world. Independent Tupperware consultants have supplemented income while others have made it a full-time business. Christy King is making her way to the top while hosting parties, having fun with friends and family, and opening opportunities to others, making new friends through the use of technology. Reach out to her. She is your go-to girl when it comes to Tupperware for all seasons, birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, new additions to the family, and a whole lot more.